What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found us somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March Fort with Mike Baum and Badcast. Y'all, we made it here. I've been uh, teasing it for a few weeks now as it's as it's come up, but uh, it's it's finally arrived. This is episode 100 of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. Um, it's a cool milestone, man. I got to be honest. I don't uh, toot my own horn or pat my own back. Uh, I'm a pretty bashful guy. I still, at 35 years old, am learning how to accept compliments and attention without getting like weirded out and having a panic attack. Uh, as much as I love talking with people, obviously having a podcast. Um, I don't like being the center of attention, man. Um, I, I, I enjoy connecting with people. I enjoy making people laugh, uh, if they find me funny. Um, but, but I don't like all eyes on me, you know, but, but there are times in life where you got to reflect a little bit and you got to look back on how far you've come. And when I started this show way back in the day when it was Bauman's breakdown, um, I really just wanted to give people the full conversations when I would get to speak with cool people for the feature stories I was doing for Toledo Free Press when I was doing music features. And that's how this podcast started. I, uh, and uh, it was in Mike Jamison's home in Rossford, Ohio. Right outside, well, Toledo, Ohio, but Rossford's the, the neighborhood. Um, when When Mike from Toledo Sports Network would record this with me at his home studio and help me put it together. And then eventually I got my own little mixing board and started doing it on my own and teaching myself how to edit things using audacity and put it all together myself. Cause I knew eventually I was going to be leaving T town and I need to needed to learn how to do this on my own. And, and then, yeah, man, um, as we all do, and I've said this story before, so I don't want to rant too much, but you know, trying to figure stuff out in my life through my twenties and, Meandering, I, I picked up the show and put it down numerous times. And in 2019, I rebranded it as March 4th and wanted to, to do something that was uh, going to help me try to carve my own niche and carve my own path in the podcasting world, especially by the time I got back into it. They had become mainstream compared to when I had done it in 2012. I think there's, I don't even know what the exact number is. I want to say it's something like 4 million podcasts now. Uh, it's crazy, and it's awesome because I think it's a great medium. Obviously, I love it, and I feel like this is the truest form of creative expression and just self-expression that I've had in all my years of writing and broadcasting and radio work and local TV and all that stuff, man, uh, back home in my hometown of Toledo. like This podcast, I feel like, is just the truest form of who I am and how I operate and how I communicate and connecting with people, right? And uh same thing, did a couple episodes in 2019 and then put it down. And then when the pandemic happened, I was like, you know what? Enough of that. I don't like quitting things. 
I get my own way. I get up in my own head. I overthink everything and I overthink into indecision. I was like, nope, not doing that. I'm working from home. I'm isolated during the pandemic. There's no excuse for me not to do this. I've been wanting to scratch this itch for a while. I love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I subscribe to a number of them and I enjoy doing this. And I feel like, you know, I, if I put this together the right way, I can create a positive platform where I connect with people in a positive way. So 2020 came along and the apocalypse, as I've joked, um, I had to bring some type of, you know, lightheartedness to it because it was a really serious, awful time, you know, and I guess that's kind of the way that I deal with horrible things sometimes is humor because you either laugh or you cry, right? Uh, but since that journey started, man, I've done the show consistently. I started initially doing it bi-monthly. Then I started doing three episodes a month in uh, June, I think, of 2021, and I've continued to do three episodes a month and the goal is to get to monthly and, and to build the show to a point where um, I can get it to monthly and I feel like I'm finally at that point but here we are man episode 100 of March 4th and I, I, I say it a lot and I, I'm going to be saying it a lot in this conversation because I was raised to be to be grateful and to tell people please and thank you but I really genuinely want to say from the bottom of my heart from the depths of my soul thank you to Anyone and everyone who checks out the podcast, maybe this is your first time listening. Welcome aboard the pirate ship. Um, anybody who takes the time to like and subscribe and share, to tell their friends, to all my family and my friends who support me and who have encouraged me along the way, who check out the show and share it. To all the people I don't know who you know either follow me on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast and listen to it. Um, people listen in different parts of the world. It's, it's truly humbling and I am forever grateful to everybody, you know, because to get to this point and to have a reason to get to this point, you know, I don't have millions of downloads or anything like that, man. But, um, for, for a guy like me, you know, who's not famous, um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't on TV shows. I'm not a comedian. I'm not a movie star. Uh, I'm not a, you know, famous musician or, or actor or any of those things, man. I'm just, I'm just a dude, you know, I'm a dude who went to school for journalism and, um, eventually found his way to a medium in podcasting that really, I feel like is the culmination of all my years of writing, broadcasting TV. Um, and now this, and, uh, to, to be able to connect with people all over the world, to be able to connect with people in a positive way, more, most importantly, all over the world, um, all the wonderful artists and musicians that I've had on the show, business owners, colleagues, friends of mine. Um, it truly is humbling to get to this point and to get to episode 100. Um, and when you think about doing 100 of anything in your life, right, when, when you can get to a point, if you're doing 100 push-ups or 100 sit-ups, uh, 100 pull-ups maybe in a day, maybe not in a row. If you do them in a row, man, you're like a friggin' Iron Man, you know, Um but uh, but to get to this point is really cool, and I couldn't have done it without all of the people who have taken the time to come on this podcast and share their music and their time and their stories with me to, um, you know, all the people who, like I just mentioned, who, who support me and this show. Thank you. I love you all, man, and we're just getting started. And I've said that a few times, too, but this is just the beginning. I, I really am excited about the direction the show is headed and I'm forever grateful to all of you who check it out. And again, if this is your first time, welcome aboard. And being that it is a milestone episode with episode 100, I really wanted to get somebody on here who um, 
I th- I thought just w- would be a, a cool get for episode 100. You know what I mean? And not just a cool get, but but this guy truly is somebody who has been inspiring from a distance. And I don't want to repeat myself too much because I tell him all this in the conversation too. But this is a guy who I have a lot of respect for as a human being. Even though we've never met in person, all of our connections have been digital through the internet and, and doing podcasts. Um, but he was kind enough to come on my show way back in the day when it was Bombers Breakdown when I was first starting out. He's continued to come on over the years. And really it's been cool because I've, I've been able to kind of see his journey from where he was when I first started talking to him over a decade ago when I was a young pup at 24 and now I'm five years away from 40, but he's had a lot of experiences in the music industry and I don't know that you'll find somebody that he's talked to who has anything bad to say about him. He is none other than Doc Coyle, guitarist for Bad Wolves, for Vegas Nerve, for God Forbid. You might also know him from the wedding band, which he does, a cover band with Rob Trujillo and Kirk Hammett from Metallica, among others. He has his own podcast called The X-Man with Doc Coyle, which is a really cool show that takes you kind of behind the curtain of the music business and people who, you know, kind of similar threads to, to themes in this show, persevere and move forward through the music industry, through different musical projects. And uh, he's even had, you know, people on the business side of the music industry on his show. Um, Doc's just a really good guy, man. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him. He He did my show when... I mean, literally nobody who I knew who I was. I mean, I, you know, at least now I have an Instagram and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like I, I just, um, have always had a lot of respect for him. He's, he's always been a great conversationalist. And so it was actually cool. Cause when we first started talking, he didn't have a podcast. And I always thought, man, this dude is, he's really got the gift of gab. And, uh, for those of you, um, who are fans of hoops too, you probably know his work over the years, you know, blogging and talking about hoops and, uh, yeah, he's just he's just a good dude. He's somebody who's a great conversationalist. He's super down to earth. He's funny. He's an incredibly talented musician. And um uh you know, again for for those of you who may be diehard, you know, God forbid fans listen to this, it was really cool to see that reunion happen recently. Um I'm a huge fan of the work he's done with Bad Wolves. Uh love the work that he's that he's done with Vegas Nerve. Shout out to Sterling who's been on this podcast friend of the show as well. What's up dude? But uh but yeah, I just thought for episode 100, uh, I wanted to try to, to get somebody that um, I thought would be a cool get for the show. And uh, I have a history with Doc with this show, and he's always been good to me. And as you guys will hear, he's he's also been an inspiration for the theme of this show and me getting back into the podcast game and you know being able to, to pick a lane and deciding to pick a lane on kind of having a theme to my show. So we talk about all of that and... You know, he's been through a lot in the last, you know, couple of years, you know, as far as um, things that have happened within the Bad Wolves camp, um, you know, personal loss on his end with the death of his parents, um, in, in in addition to all of the things that have impacted everybody globally, right, with, with COVID, how that impacted the music industry. So there's been a lot of ups and downs, um, but uh, he's a guy who has, who has carved out his own audience with his podcast and with, uh, now he's on Twitch. Um, and he's just a, he's just a good dude, man. Um, recently engaged as well. So, you know, congrats to him and, and Jasmine, but, uh, but yeah, just a ton of respect for this dude. I could go on for days and I don't want to, cause I rant a lot, but, um, I reached out to him and he, he hit me up and was down to come back on. And, um, 
I just, I'm just forever grateful that he's never big time me. And again, I don't take it personally when, when bigger artists don't do the show, cause I, I know they get a ton of interview requests. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fish, you know? Um, but that's why I have respect for this dude because he's always uh, been kind enough to give me his time as well for this show. And, uh, we had a great conversation just about things that he's persevered through over the past couple of years. And, the things he's got cooking coming up, uh, you know, on his own right and within Bad Wolf. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Doc Coyle. Here it is. All right, there we go. Well, Doc, I, I again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, dude. Uh, it's it's great to get you back on, especially for for episode 100, kind of hitting the century mark. I, I wanted to do something cool, and uh, you you were kind enough over the years to to always do the show. I think the first time I talked to you was back in like 2012. So it's uh, it, it's it's been a long time as far as like when I first got in touch with you. But thank you for coming back on the show, man. Especially for an episode like this. No problem. I guess that means we're getting old, huh? Yeah, for real. I I literally just turned 35 2 days ago. So, Happy yeah, birthday. man. Getting up there. Getting up there. Getting creaky now. Went went for a hike and uh by the end of the night, I thought I was going to have a panic attack. Started feeling stuff in my quads. I was like, "What is happening, man?" Like getting creaky. But yeah, dude, um uh like I was talking about before I officially hit record, you know, you're you're somebody from a distance that uh has really been inspiring just as far as doing this podcast, you know, I, uh, I started it way back in 2012 and you were one of the first people that I got back when it was Bomb's breakdown. And over the years, like we've stayed in touch, we've never met in person, which, which is kind of crazy when I think about it, but at the same time, like we're on different sides of the country and, um, I got a chance to see bad wolves. I, I don't know if it was y'all's first arena show, but it was in 2018. It was the shine down and death punch tour. Um, but that was cool. But uh, but yeah, man, you've just been an inspiration from a distance, just as far as how you carry yourself, your kindness, uh, your your ability as a musician, and uh, really were, were an inspiration for me changing the theme of my podcast when I got back into it. And uh, when I started this back in 2019 again, after kind of picking up and putting it down, I was like, how can I rebrand? And I had a conversation with my my big brother, Brandon, who was one of the people who, who got me into heavy metal, my first influence into heavy metal. And then I listened to your show and I, and I heard you talk about how you came up with a theme for the X-Men and it really kind of gave me a path of like, okay, how can I set myself apart? And that's how I came up with the theme of March 4th. Cause it's my birthday. And I was like, let me take the you out and just make it like a personal mantra of perseverance and moving forward. So that's kind of been the thread of the conversations on the show. So I have a lot of musicians like yourself cause I love music, um, but I've expanded over the years, had business owners and colleagues and friends of mine and stuff. So so yeah, man. For, so I just want to give you your flowers, as the kids say at the beginning of this, and let you know that you know you were you were one of the dudes that really inspired me to like pick a path for the show and not just you know meander out here. So appreciate that, man. Well, you're welcome. I, I think this uh, the toughest thing about the podcast space is how many there are, you know, and, and how many how much people's attention is being drawn uh, because there's just a lot of great shows out there, a lot of great uh, content, and you're you know, basically fighting for attention with really, really famous people and yeah. people with big platforms, with, you know, whether it's like, you know, a New York Times podcast or an ESPN podcast. Uh, so you got to find any way you can carve out a niche in any, any, any kind of way. And, uh, and, and yeah, and at the end of the day, the, the one common factor 
or the the differing factor is you and your personality and your background and that's what's going to make people tune in as they want to check what you're doing yeah for sure for sure and like and that was one thing i thought about because initially the podcast started out of i would get the opportunity sometimes to talk with people for like half hour or more uh until i chewed their ear off but uh when i was doing feature stories for toledo free press back in the day um so and then it was like man there's only so much i can fit into like a 600 700 word feature and it'd be cool to give people the full conversations and I've been listening to podcasts since like 2009. Sometimes I look back, you know what I mean? And I try not to, um, you know, the present moment is where it's at. But sometimes I look back and I go, man, if I'd have just like stuck with it when I started back in 2012 before, like there were 9 million podcasts. But but that's life, man. You kind of figure things out in your 20s. You take different paths. But it was always that creative itch I had to scratch. And And I'm sure for you musically, it was probably like that too. Because I know right around the time that we first got in touch 10 years ago, that was towards the end of your run with God forbid. Um, Cause I think you left God forbid. And what was it? Uh, late 2013, August. Uh, like that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know, you know what that's like too, to, to, to kind of have like different creative endeavors and um, but at the same time still stick with what you love. And I guess just right out the gate, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you is like, you, you are a guy that, you know, you have the X-Men podcast, you have bad wolves, um, you just had the God forbid reunion. You've done features with different people. Um, I just had Josh from royalty called on who had a lot of nice things to say about you. And you, and you, you did a feature on one of their songs. Like, do you ever have time to look back and be reflective in particularly, uh, in particular of these last 10 years, or are you always just kind of focused on what's in front of you? Cause you've, you've gone through a lot. I feel like in the last decade, just since I first came into touch with you. I mean, to some degree, I think I reflect in terms of how I got from A to B, because I think sometimes, especially when, uh, you know, when you have periods where you feel like you're doing well or you, you achieve something and kind of what happened with Bad Wolves and that whole thing was very life changing, you know, because before that I was doing music, but I was doing it amongst other things. And at the at the time. I actually thought I was going to be more involved in the media space, you know, because I was, I was writing for VH1. I was just started the podcast. I was, and I felt I had a, a talent for it. And, and for some degree, it actually felt it made music more fun when you don't have to depend on it to make a living. Um, and you could kind of look at it more as a fun thing and an artistic thing. And, but then it became very serious and very you know the pressure cooker of having a band kind of take off and next thing you know you're you know you're playing on morning talk shows and radio shows and uh doing these giant you know arena shows and festivals kind of out of nowhere but all of a sudden the stakes get really high you know and you really want to perform at a at a high level and you realize you're kind of in the in the big leagues and so that was a real gauntlet of testing oneself and pushing oneself to be the best kind of performer and musician I could be, you know? Um, and then that was like a runaway train for a few years. And then the pandemic hit, everything slowed down and then everything happened with our singer and it's been like this rebuild. And then, so sometimes I'll go, damn, what the hell happened to the last <laughs> six years? And then I think about, you know, moving to LA and having no money and not having a plan and not really know what I was doing and, and kind of how I grinded through that. And I think about leaving God forbid and being homeless and bartending and 
and then you it's then you go like wow it's kind of crazy how you know because i never looked at it as like oh i was low or it was things were bad it was just more like this is part of life life is uh there's going to be ups and downs there's going to be like struggles but it's never like feel sorry for me or i had it bad it's like no this is part of your journey this is nothing is i, I think you're not going to appreciate things unless you really work hard for them and really have to struggle to get where you need to go yeah and i remember from the last time we talked <clears throat> like i think it was may of 2020 so it was like right at the beginning of the apocalypse uh if you will right before things went crazy in the world and just and like you said and everything that that the band went through um you know uh and and our you know uh you know your your parents and and all of that that you were dealing with in your personal life man and like it, it was a crazy time but um but i think one thing that i remember from that conversation too was how you talked about um moving to la and how you don't you're not somebody who correct me if i'm wrong but like you, you were like i'm not somebody who makes a decision like just kind of quickly i i kind of take i think about things a little bit and you're kind of like the la thing you're like okay if, if i'm going to do it this is the time of my i just have to go out here and do it am i remembering that correctly like you're just like this if there's any time it's now i just got to go out there yeah. and see yeah i mean for the for the most part i think the way i worded it though that generally i'm a very indecisive person and i'm sitting there weighing things and and it, you know for me to make any big decision it's usually i procrastinate <laughs> and i I, you know, I'm, I'm not always sure, but that one decision I was very, very sure about um, for one of the few times in my life. And yes, it, a lot of it had to do with the timing that, hey, there's nothing holding me back. And it was, it just happened to be a time in my life where, you know, I, I had left the band. I was doing, God forbid, I was 32 at the time. I've been doing the band since I was 16. So that was my life essentially. And then all of a sudden you kind of look up and the path is clear and you can do whatever you want. You know, the only thing that was really in my way was, you know, money and will, you know, but there wasn't a, you know, obviously it was a tough thing, you know, leaving, leaving your family, leaving, you know, my parents, you know, I, I would have, you know, dinner with my dad every Sunday, you know, when I was home, when I lived home, um, that was, that was a tough thing. And you don't realize how, uh, you know, how tough that distance is when they're always there they're always close by and the same thing with the rest of the family and friends you don't kind of realize uh how deep those bonds are until it's now you can't just drive up the street and see them you know so it was it was definitely a big adjustment for sure man yeah i mean i think about it like i've I've been in the nashville area now for almost eight years and and that's like 500 miles from toledo where i'm from but like going from new jersey to la like that's thousands of miles. Like you're literally on the other side of the country, you know? And I remember you talking about just the struggle of like, you said something like one week you had to stretch like 20 bucks and just kind of like figure it out. Like, you know, and, and I think, and I think that's, what's cool about your journey, man. Like, you know, Nikki six had a quote where he said, if you quit, you get what you get. And that's something that stuck with me too. Just doing this podcast of like, you know, Hey, if you give up, you never know what can happen. And I think, I think your story definitely fits the mold of the show of like perseverance and moving forward because you just, you didn't quit on music. Like clearly you, you, you've had this talent. You, like you said, you did God forbid at that point, half your life, but you had the courage to go, you know what? I, I think it's time for, for something new. And then I think the cool way the universe works sometimes, you know, depending on what people who believe in, in the show, I'm not pushing on anything on anybody, but then, you know, 10 years later to circle back and have the reunion too, to, to have those relationships still be there obviously Nick, you know, you've, you've known for years from back in the, as I lay dying days, like it's cool to see things 
come full circle for you and all the all the paths that you've taken along the way. But I think that's central to your journey too, is just not giving up on the things that that mean something to you. Cause I think there's a lot of people that that get to a point and they do stop for whatever reason. You know, they have kids, they have a family, they have to take maybe a more practical route, or they just they have that, you know, quote unquote security of a nine to five. So I really admire people like yourself who are like, you know, I've got this thing. Maybe I don't know exactly what the next thing is, but I know I'm just going to keep doing it and keep working on my craft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think with with me, it's just. Uh, I don't know, I just I just think I sorry, I almost almost like lost my train of thought there. I was like, <laughs> and they're like thinking about you ever, you ever like think about one thing and then you start thinking about other things next to you you're like, where the hell am I? <laughs> all the time i overthink everything and i've worked on my ranting i know this is episode 100 i should be more concise but i'm working on my ranting but yeah i was just i i just i just think central to my to my i you know whether you want to call it a stream of consciousness or a rant there i, I you're, you're somebody that never gave up on the things that you love yeah. to do and there's yeah, a, well, and I, a lot of people who do you know yeah this is, this is the thought i had that i lost i'm sorry um so after i left god forbid i ended up getting a job with the nba uh, through a friend and it was you know something I really didn't have a lot of background for but my friend felt I'd have a good skill set to kind of handle it and in that moment it was a very or like I guess the way she presented it to me was was like hey doc here's a career path that you could take you know if you wanted with this you know big corporation and I love MBA and it's and in that moment I kind of something about me was like I'm not ready to just work in an office or even in in that job was pretty exciting. And there was a lot of cool things about it, but there were like, I almost rebelled against it. And that told me, you know, because the opportunity was there, it was a cool thing, cool people, good, decent money. And my mind and my heart was like, you got to rock. You got to, you, you know, there was something in my, cause I, for a second, I was like, maybe I shouldn't do music or maybe, you know, maybe it's not my calling. Um, but there was something there that said, you, you need to do this and you need to give yourself one more shot to see if you belong or are, are you at the, you know, the kind of the peak of what this industry could do? Because I think I noticed growing up around Jersey, it was a lot of, you know, hardcore bands and metalcore bands. And, and a lot of those bands, they weren't, the people in the bands weren't like these super high level musicians. So when the band broke up, they just went on to do other things in their life. And they, you know, and, and it was, and it was kind of obvious for them. But for me, that wasn't obvious. I thought, I, A, I didn't really have that many discernible skills outside of music that I thought. Um, and it just seemed like I owed it, my, owed it to myself to go, to like, go for it. To, to just say, so that way I have no regrets. Yeah. And, and I wanted to ask you about that, man, just the courage, because I think sometimes people see like a dude like you and you're like chill and funny and talented and people and, and they see you on stage. And obviously you've had God only knows how many gigs at that point, um, which is quick sidebar. Do you ever do, like you ever think about that? Like from the time you're like how many thousands of shows you've probably played at this point? Like, like the actual number? Yeah. Like, could you even put a number on it over the years if you had to venture a guess? I don't, I don't know because it's, you know, I, if I went year by year, I could probably get a, a, some kind of estimate, but I've never thought about it. So I'm sure it's gotta be, I don't know, a thousand shows. Maybe, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Cause then there's c- certain things like, 
I'll do jam night and I'll just go do like two songs or something. Does that count as a show? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, that, yeah. maybe that counts too. But but I I guess my point being like it takes courage to do that. I think people like like you know we're both huge basketball fans, NBA fans. We talked about that on previous shows and stuff. Sneakerheads. Um, and I think sometimes people you know, especially in, in sort of the, the social media vacuum that we all live in now, everybody has an opinion and everybody, everybody's opinion can be thrown out there. Like I was just listening to, uh, your, your kind of mailbag episode with listener questions. And there was somebody and who, I don't know if they were saying it, like joking around, but somebody was like, you suck. And you're like, really? Somebody just said I suck about that. (laughs) Okay. You know, but my point being like, I think people, they don't realize how hard it is to, like just 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 the day of a show as, as and all the things that go into it, whether you're a band at, at that, the you know Bad Wolves level or uh, a band on a local level or what it takes to be an athlete just night in and night out to do something like LeBron for years and years and years and do it at a really high level for you, man. You know, obviously, you know, your your mom and your dad were both into music. Right. Um, I, I know your dad for sure. Like. What do you feel like you always had it in you from from like a courage standpoint? Because I know that's something that like I struggle with, and I think some other people struggle with in terms of actually like going for it. I mean, obviously, the more you do something, the better you get at it. But just even having the courage to to go after your dreams, I do think is something people struggle with. Like, I mean, was that ever like a doubt for you, or, or has that always been there in terms of having the courage? Is like, yo, I'm just gonna do this. I mean, I don't know if I would call it courage because I think it's all about what you want out of life right so if you what you want out of life is stability and to own a house and raise a family and that's like your actual goal then probably doing music is scary or that's it's really risky because you're like oh i might lose this other goals but those were never my goals my goals were just to just you know once god forbid got on some big tours and we started doing it and I got to see that lifestyle. I was like addicted to it. And cause you know, and, and, and some of that was healthy and some of that wasn't healthy because I think a lot of it, I, when I was really young, I, I didn't have a great sense of self-esteem. And I think I got a lot of validation from playing that I never got anywhere. Um, and that can kind of have a really detrimental effect because you're kind of feeding your ego, but the actual, uh, your sense of self is really shallow and based on that validation. So when that's gone, you kind of, you're, it collapses and it leads to a lot of bad things. So it took me a while to kind of, you know, get out of that. But so, so I don't think it makes me particularly brave because I just, a, I didn't care about being poor (laughs) and no, but that's like half of it. Like some people they're, you know, what they need, their level of comfort is like I need they need this to be a happy person and I think the one that when you grow up in a van sleeping on floors and you're like and and then the the best part of your day is you get to go and rock out and hang out with people and listen to music and it's you know it's I don't know just something about that was I just I I just loved it and then as I got older it became a lot more just about physically playing music you know, playing music with other people, the sound of it and jamming with other people and that the kind of pure joy of that, you know, even and then it be, so it became less about playing on stage and more about being in a room with other musicians and kind of connecting. Um, and, and of course, I got older and it became less of I my standards of living <laughs> and kind of like uh, 
you know, personal growth and wanting more and like, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't be sleeping on floors anymore. Eventually that went away. Um, so I have a lot more, um, I, I have bigger standards and better standards for, for my lifestyle. And so I don't like need to be on the road or I don't need those, those, those same things. Um, and now it's kind of shifted where everything's under the big umbrella of kind of like creative work. Um, you know, cause to me all, whether I'm doing the podcast or I'm writing or I'm doing music, it's all to me, like creativity it's all performance and it all kind of scratches a similar itch, you know? For sure. I mean, and, and I know like you and Dallas were, you know, playing guitar when you were, when you were young, man. And, and I, and I think I remember even talking to you on an episode back in the day, even just about just music in general, being around, not even just metal and, and rock, but hip hop and you know, MTV and all that back in the day and like just being attracted to that. But did you know, like, did you know the first time you picked up a guitar? Like, oh, this is this is what I want to do, because I can't I don't know if I've ever asked you that, like, you know, because like the one person in my life that I really know, like on a personal level, that's doing like what they wanted to do from the time they were a kid is my my brother, Greg. He used to draw pictures of planes and play flight simulator stuff, and he's a commercial pilot, you know, um, on a personal level. That's the only person I know. Like, there's not too many people, you know or at least me that, that are doing what they wanted to do when they were like eight. You know what I mean? Now, granted, some people like that Nick Swartzen joke, they wanted to be like ninjas when, when they were eight, you know what I mean? But like, did you always know like playing guitar, like this, this is what I, this is what I got to do somehow, some way. No, I, I never thought about it in terms of like a career because I never thought I was good enough or that, like, I never saw myself as like this professional musician that is people should be paying to watch me play. You know, yeah. I never, I never thought thought about it like like that. It was always, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, it was really like seeing Slash and, you know, you know that that Wayne's World scene with you know um, Bohemian's Rhapsody. Like just that, hearing the guitar in that was like just mind blowing to me. And it, and so I was just something. I was just attracted to that sound and found this like beat up acoustic. I don't even know how I found this thing. And it like you could barely play it, but I just started plucking on it and started messing around with it, kind of just completely on my own, um, without much encouragement. And my dad saw that and ended up getting us uh, a a loaner guitar. Where I graduated eighth grade, going into ninth grade, and just started playing. And I just I don't know. I think it's um, I I just think I have a nerdy sensibility when I get into something. I get into it like a hundred percent. There's no oh I'm kind of like no. It's like I have like uh tunnel vision and that's all I cared about you know um and you're and then luckily then my brother started playing and then me and him like oh, he would learn one thing and then I'd be like what the hell he learned that? and I you, like our we'd have this kind of competition to push each other to get better um and and I just think the stuff we were listening to because we were playing along to Metallica and Megadeth and Pantera and Slayer by the time we got out of the house and started playing with you know the the god forbid guys we were pretty good for being 16 and 17 years old you know uh just by virtue of just being nerds and then we just went down that rabbit hole of like more technical and crazier music death metal and the swedish stuff and and we just got really into the musician side of things and, and and pushed that you know um and to me like doing it like oh this is what i want to do came from the sense of being in a band that we thought got to a place was actually special 
And it was like, I want to do, it wasn't like, I need to be a guitar player. It's like, I want to do this band. You know, it wasn't yeah. until later, I think, that I saw myself as a professional guitar player outside of just being, God forbid, you know. For sure. Do you do you think that's what, what has helped keep you balanced now, like with, with the Bad Wolf stuff? I mean, because, I mean, like you said, going from playing shows in New Jersey, having the success with, with God forbid, but then going into Bad Wolves and all of a sudden you've got like a number one global hit, right? With, with zombie. Um, and then everything that comes from that, do you think it, it kind of helped you handle success? Because it wasn't, like you said, it was something that you didn't fall into it. You practiced and you played, but it wasn't like, Hey, I gotta be, like you said, you didn't base it on like a monetary style living or like, I gotta drive like a Ferrari and I gotta have like this rock star lifestyle. It was just like, Hey, I've, this I I really want to be part of God forbid, and then after that, it's like I want to keep playing music. I mean, with battles, it, it it wasn't like that anyway because we weren't we didn't have any money at first. You know, it took the band almost two years on the road before we started making any real money because people think that oh, you got a number one song on the radio, but it's like it's a cover song that we gave all the money away. <laughs> so and you know and you know the first tour we did, we had confirmed that tour you know, months before zombie blow ups where the band was making, you know, five, you know, I think a thousand dollars a night. And it was, so we were in debt. Um, and I think we were making like, you know, $400 a week after taxes when we were first started touring. So it was not a lot of money. And that was that way for a long time, that whole first year where, you know, it's like, Oh, you still $30,000 in merch tonight, but you still were making the 400. <laughs> there was no, you know, uh, so the, the the perception sometimes does not meet the reality. And in, in Bad Wolves, it took, you know, eventually started doing really well. But it was like right when we started doing really well, the pandemic happened. So in, in a lot of ways, we didn't really get to even fully take advantage of, of that success. But at the end of the day, what I kind of gleaned from that is that it's just, yes, from the outside looking in, it looks like, oh, we're playing arenas and we're doing all this stuff and all these great uh you know, here are these platinum singles and all this, but it's like it's just fucking work, man. Just yeah. some of the some of the work is more glamorous than others, right? Because you're in a bus as opposed to being in a van. You're in an arena as opposed to being in a small dingy club. So the and you know the amenities are better. And once you get to that level, and, and I've and I appreciate all that. It's like even just we just did this Volbeat tour in Europe, you know, and Volbeat, you know, is a just a massive band. I mean, amazing catering and you know, good dressing rooms and, you know, it's, it's, it's top of the line as far as it being a support band. And I really appreciate that, you know, but it is just, you know, I think now I just see it more as like, this is a job, it's work. You have, you have, you have a, you know, I, I view it very much through the professional lens that you got to go out there and give a hundred percent on stage, play your best. Um, you know, if you have meet and greets or press or radio things, go there and give, you know, all of yourself to whatever endeavor is involved with, with the band. And there's a lot more than just playing shows and making records, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like you said, I think the perception, yeah, people, people don't realize too, like all the people on the payroll for a big band too, it's a business. You know what I mean? It's, it's a legit, it's a legit business. Cause I, I remember the first one was, uh, didn't, didn't it blow up kind of organically? I remember that music video was it learn to live. That was the first yeah. bad one. Yeah, that was, and that was, was like, 2017 it was 2017 but keep in mind it was like a metal hit and a metal hit yeah. is like oh it has like a million pl plays on youtube and it was in like the you know jose mangan's top you know countdown or something um 
And dude, when that came out, it was uh, you know, all the labels wanted to sign us, and it it, it was a real it was real something cool because I think in a weird way, it's there's almost two paths that could have taken right like if the zombie thing never happened you know we probably would have taken longer to get bigger but maybe it would have been like we would have been a different kind of band because that first record was really heavy you know and really kind of proggy and technical maybe we would have had more of a, a more metal path and toured more with you know the kill switches and uh things like that and triviums and bands like that uh but you know the zombie thing happened and then it kind of took you know then next thing you know we're touring with breaking benjamin and uh shine down and things like that and it's a whole different universe um but you know i i you know i i definitely have ne- i never look in the past and go woulda coulda shoulda should have been this i always go man this was a cool path there was a, a lot of success but a lot of you know trust me there's just as much uh <laughs> challenges and you know really difficult kind of emotional and mental things that we went through you know post pandemic that even though the the uh, perception is that you know everything kind of came easy for the band we've definitely you know we've definitely worked really really hard for where we've gotten you know oh 100 percent, man 100 percent. because like i said i mean like the last time we talked was may may of 2020 um and that was you know right at the beginning of the pandemic i I think George Floyd had happened, but I don't think it had hit it had hit the 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 media like the global media because I think I talked to you right towards the end of 2020 in, in, in May. Um, and and so yeah, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, granted, I don't want to make you. I'm I'm not. I didn't bring you on here to like relive all the the drama and stuff that ensued. One year. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, but but just since we're on that though, I mean, um. Who or what really got you? I mean, and not to have you speak for John or the other guys in the band, but like, how did how, who or what got you through that to navigate that? Because like you said, you you it is it really was a roller coaster. It's like all of a sudden you're at like this this peak, like you said, zombie. All these things are happening, and and you're getting these big tours, and then all of a sudden there's there's the fallout of everything. And 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 again, we're in this digital age where, you know, thirty years ago maybe it would have been in like you know some magazines or whatever, but in real time, people are seeing that play out on social media and you guys, I'm sure are getting hit up in your DMS, like what's going on. You're trying to figure out how to navigate it on your podcast. Like what, what kind of kept you grounded and centered through the, the just all that, the drama in, in um, addition to stuff that was going on with your, your personal life too, man. Like it, that's, it was a whirlwind to say the least man outside looking in. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, in a lot of ways. It was, it was a nightmare, you know uh, I don't think because in, in many ways, we were never really empowered to speak about what was happening to us directly to our fans, right? I could do it through my podcast, but I mean, it's not like all the Bad Wolves fans are listening to my podcast, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, part of it was obviously just being there for each other. We luckily, um, you know, things were pretty brutal out the gate in 2021. But, you know, once, you know, we, we were really just deep in the work of finishing the record, finding a singer. Once we found a singer, finishing the record. Um, and it was kind of, you know, I think it was like, you know, it was like being in a storm, right? Where you're like, but in the, but in the storm, you're outside with, you know, just on your own, getting pummeled by 
snow and sleet and rain and rocks and lightning. And that's what it was every day. It was just like, uh, it's hard enough to be successful in the music industry, right? It's hard enough to make a record. It's hard enough to promote your band. But um, it was just, everything was like, you were doing it through a storm with weights on, you know? And so that process was very, very emotionally destructive to everyone in the band, you know, that lasted, you know, you know, even to some degree, I think we're still dealing with it, but I think everyone's in a much, you know, much, much better place now. But I think when you go through something like that, it's, it's weird. There's not, there's almost like, I was almost thinking about this. I was like, maybe I should start a, like a course or like something about how to deal with an online, like firestorm, you know, because we're not built for it. You're not built to have like a hundred people tell you to go kill yourself, you know, or that you're a piece of shit and they hope you die. Like you're not really, I think your brain still perceives it as if it's a, you know, as, as if someone said it right to your face. Um, but, you know, it's like me, you know, I think me and John specifically were like our buffers, you know, in terms of being there for each other. You know, my girlfriend was really, really incredible during that time. It was very, very supportive. Um, but it was also like a, for me, it was like a determination thing. Like, like, I will not let this situation defeat me mentally. That I'm, you know, it was like a testament to my own mental strength. Of like, oh, you think you can do this? You think you can do that? All right, I'm going to show you how it doesn't affect me. And sometimes that was just like, hey, I'm going to take all the social media off my phone and I'm not going to be on social media for a week. Because the truth is, if you turn all that shit off, everything kind of disappears, right? It doesn't even really exist. If you And that's the kind of way we're so plugged in. And then when you're in a band, you have to, right? You got to promote your record. You got to talk about the video. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. unavoidable, unfortunately. And, you know, and, it, and the, but what I'm saying is like, there's this thing of either you can confront it directly, right? And just argue with people and go, you fuck you, fuck you, right? You can do that. You can ignore it, right? And I feel like both of those are kind of don't work to some degree, right? Because even if you ignore it, it still is there. But you, or you have to just not look, right? It's like, oh, t- turn over the rock and seeing all the, the bugs maybe just don't open pandora's box don't read the comments don't deal with that but to some degree i think when you're in a band you especially when it's your fans you kind of need to know what they're thinking you know it's like like customer service right you need to know if like uh there's a there's flies in your soup (laughs) yeah 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 no it's true man it's true because it's kind of like uh like you said on one end out of sight out of mind like cool but then, like, when you do go back into it, it's like, like you said, it's going back into, like, the hornet's nest. It's like, oh, I just turned all this off, and now I, I come back into all this. And, yeah, man, I mean, I think the way you guys handled it, just from everything that I saw from a distance, um, and then to bring in DL, who is super talented. Um, and I thought that was that was cool, too, listening to him on your podcast, just, like, talk you know just just his experience even as a musician and then to hear that he has that voice too it's just like some people you go god there's like so much talent in this person this is crazy but and 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 truth be told man and this isn't just lip service like dear dear monsters is my favorite bad wolves work and that's not to be dismissive of the other records but you know i love never be the same just what i was going through in my life at that time with with a breakup and 
more people in my life dying than at any other period uh, in, you know, in between like 21 going into 2022. So like, you know, never be the same house of cards. Like I, some of my favorite riffs from you lifeline tomorrow never comes, I think did really well on, on like active rock radio and stuff. Springfield summer was obviously like a, like a, a lighter track, but I thought was really awesome vocally. So Front to back, I really love that record. The tour that actually made me jealous as an American was the one that you guys, I think, were supposed to do with Tremonti over overseas. But I think maybe COVID, unfortunately, nipped that one. But um, I saw that one and I was like, oh, man, because I remember he was on your show, too. Mark, who's also just like a salt of the earth, nice guy. And I thought, God, the pairing of that would have been so cool. And I feel like Europe and the UK, like they get it. They appreciate they appreciate vocals. They appreciate like heavy music. Not to say that America doesn't, but I just feel like they get it over there. They they seem to be on it quicker. Um, but yeah, man, like uh, that's a long way of saying I, I feel like to have that record come out of all that and to be able to have DL, who seems like a really just like a balance kind of fits in with with you guys. And um, it, it seemed like coming out of the storm, things are, you know, even keel, no? Yeah, I mean, listen, because well, you got to keep in mind, there was the putting the record out and all that stuff which was i think its own gauntlet of one kind but then we didn't start touring till 2022 like in february and that you know in many ways was its own kind of difficult thing and then chris left the band you know midway through our our first tour and that was really stressful and so and figuring that out you know because dl had never toured before as you know a singer and we, you know, we're like figuring out who we are. We have a you know, guitar player's gone. It was, it was just there was a lot of cha- chaoticness, you know, out, out out the gate and figure, figuring that out and getting through that together um, was its own, whole new kind of uh, um, exploration, you know, and like challenge. And you know, to me, like anytime you get through these things and you come out the other side, I think you feel stronger. You feel more connected. Um, you know, I, you know, I think by the end we were, you know, as powerful as a live band as, as we've ever been, you know, um, it was, and it was re- really fun, but I also think that record, like we just, I feel like we really worked the album and it was by the time we were done with the last tour, we were kind of like ready to like, okay, let's put dear monsters <laughs> behind us and let's move on to the next chapter of, of the band. And, uh, and our new record is pretty much done and it's, I think it it blows away the last record. So I think it's going to be exciting when people hear it. I was going to say, right. Cause you, I, you, did you just finish recording that recently? I mean, it's not finished, finished like a hundred percent. I don't know if there's going to be any more songs or, um, you know, I know I have like, I'm literally, I was working on, I have like most of my guitar solo is done. I have one that's just like kicking my ass. I've literally, I've been, shredding on this this song for like 30 hours or something and it's not even that long i'm just terrible <laughs> but uh so it's like little things like that i think there's some vocal stuff um you know i know dl wants to redo some stuff there was some song we need to verse finished um so yeah there's, i mean but yeah i think the material it's like a big step forward i think the last record like half of it or more than half of it was done before dl even joined so and it, and we did it really fast, like finished the record. So I feel like this time, um, it's like having something that's just fresh from scratch, like where it's it's just a bit more cohesive, you know. And and I don't know, it it there's something special about this record that I think the last record, I don't know, had as as well as this one. This one just feels like 
this 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 is what it's supposed to be. So I was gonna say because because I feel like that you know for for a lot of bands it's like that first album you had all those years to like I, we had all this to say and it's like that first record kind of kick you in the teeth. Then there's like that sophomore album. Do we build on this? We switch it up a little bit, and it, it seems like by like the third fourth record, just just from the stuff that I listen to, you can tell bands are like they found like their niche. But like you said, I mean, this is the second one with DL and really like the first full one, like you said, where it's like the whole thing and Max too, who I know was, was instrumental with like the guitar sound of the band, right? Like having him part of the band, like, is this, I mean, I know he's recorded songs, but is it different with that element too? Well, I think it's different because so, you know, Max and John pretty much wrote like most of like the super heavy stuff. That's Max and John, you know, some version of that. And I, you know, I joined very late. I helped out with like no masters and, uh, um, officer down and helped out with a couple of those songs and, um, hear me now. But a lot of that record is like a reflection of what they were doing. So it gives you an idea of like Max's style. And then the second and third records, we would still record with Max and he would play a lot, but he was more like, it was all our ideas and he would just like interpret it and then help. Like, so if you have a riff, it's like, he'll just put a little max on it, you know, but it was still our riffs. He wasn't like coming with songs, but this time it's more, you know, just him being part of the band. So it's like, there's, you know, a handful of songs, you know, maybe half a dozen songs where it's just me, Max, John, just grinding it out eight hours a day. Just, and it's like half the stuff. I can't even remember who came up with what, because we were just all in in like in the creative vibe you know um but you know so it's just now he's more invested in like the overall vibe do you know what i'm saying before it's like more he was like helping us get something but he wasn't you know he wasn't as invested in what it was and it didn't have to reflect his personality as much even though it's his sound guitar sound a lot of his playing so i think that's the big difference and but also the big thing is like dl you know you know it's just a you know two of the songs i don't know if both songs gonna make the record but it's like his songs you know he wrote pretty much everything you know and so you get you get that giant talent in the band and then john really i feel like john hit like a new stride as a songwriter on this next record and so it's you know in many ways it's like harder for me to like feel like i'm like i'm like in in there with these heavyweights you know trying to uh trying to make sure i can kind of get in where i where i fit in because there's just a lot a lot of creative creative juice going on yeah and, go, and going back to what you said earlier thanks again so much for for the time you're giving me man this is great uh again this is like i'm so happy that you're here man for episode 100 but uh you know learn to live out the gate like you said could have been a really heavy path and then you have a zombie which gives you guys like that crossover and not making a likeness to the sound because the bands sound different. Right. But I feel like death punch kind of in a similar way, you know, they had a lot of heavy stuff on the way of the fist. And then you have a song like the bleeding. Um, and, and then, you know, they did some covers as well. And like, I feel like they kind of struck a balance over time, a few records in of like, here's our really heavy stuff, like headbang and stuff. And then there's going to be a few of these ballads or a few of these crossover hits um do you do you feel like i mean not to give too much away for the next material but you guys have kind of hit that stride where you kind of figure out like okay this one's like the the neck breaker and then maybe this one's a a lighter track that maybe could go to active radio or do you try not to even think about like hey we got to make a song for radio we just we just know what our bad will sound is now does that make sense 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was a bit more seamless this time. Where like the last record, I think it's probably three, almost four ballads on the last record, which I felt like was a little too much. Even though all the songs are really good, it's not really the balance I I personally like like to have. Um, and things, it's a lot. It's just a lot more seamless in that. So you have a song that'll almost have like this like pop feel, but then the chorus kicks in and it just has balls. And there's, yeah. but it's not forced. You know, so right. it's it's so that's that's the thing. Everything's more streamlined. It's not like, oh, here's the super heavy song and here's the acoustic ballad. And you're like, why? That's a little weird. Those things are right next to each other on the yeah. record. And so it's just it just makes a lot more sense. And that's for us, that's been something we've struggled with. You know, I think since the beginning is kind of trying to tie these two worlds together um, in a way that makes sense. And this was very natural. There wasn't a lot of like conversations like oh we need this we need that it's just we wrote a bunch of stuff and it's like okay what makes sense what 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 works you know um but even stuff that i think would have been a bit more oh it's got to be radio it's got to be this we're not doing that as much we're like let's do what's best for the song and don't worry about whether radio is going to like it or not it's just like do, do do what makes sense for the song make it the best song and don't and sometimes it's like if you try and make something heavy that's just as uh, bad for material as is trying to make it accessible. You know, you should just like, you know, the song kind of, you have to do what's best for that particular song, what's most natural. For sure, for sure. And, and, and one thing that I that I heard you speak on recently too, and I agree with you is like, I feel like heavy music it is, is in a really awesome place right now. And, and you look at the different bands that are out there, like Spirit Box blew up during the pandemic. Um, you look at the rise of like gent over the last like I don't know like five ten years. You know, not you know obviously from Meshuga periphery. There's elements of that in a lot of like more metalcore type bands now that that wasn't there. I, I think like ten years ago. But then I like a band that I've listened to recently that came on my radar like Sleep Token, where it's almost like this poppy kind of like you know uh, vocals, and then they'll have like that heavy kind of like breakdown stuff. Like there's a lot of really cool things going on, like bad omens, uh, a lot of cool things going on in heavy music right now. Do you feel like from an experimental standpoint, like you're somebody who's been like, I, I don't know what the best analogy is. It's like, I don't know if it's like the, the forest gump of metal. Like you've, you've seen all these different eras over the years going back from like the Jersey hardcore stuff all the way to now. Do you feel like this is one of the coolest experiment most experimental times in, in heavy music in, in your journey over the last you know 20 25 years yeah like not, I, not to rank it but just like in terms of where music is at heavy music well i think it's very i think it is very different than any other era and i think the band that really deserves the credit for this all those bands you mentioned and this kind of like open palette is uh bring me the horizon when they put out that ammo record because that was Basically, they were this, you know, pretty fucking heavy band. They they put out a pop album, you know, all this like, you know, um, uh, what's it called? A uh, trap kind of trap influence, and it didn't go over that well with their fan base. It actually sold less records than the previous record, and it kind of reminded me of, like the White Pony, where this band was like, "We're gonna zig when everyone else is zagging," and at the time, it just seemed so like whoa left field like this man's just doing pop songs that's kind of crazy even though there's a couple big rock songs on it and then now like you said with bad omens and sleep choking it's common for a rock band to just do something that's really poppy and it sounds like it could be on a weekend record and the next thing you know there's a super heavy part 
And so that band kind of broke the mold open. And then when you take what's happening with like TikTok and this the generational shift, you're just seeing the kind of the bubble and the, the the balloon of the types of people we're getting into heavy music is just growing and growing and growing because some of that stuff is just it's very accessible, especially you have some of these, you know, these front men, they look they look like pop stars, you know. Um and if you have that charisma and you have looks and you can sing and you got great songs that can kind of reach a large audience. Um, we're seeing now that uh, some of this stuff is really expanding past where we thought was was the norm. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's a it is a big kind of uptick for for all things heavy, in, including in spaces like deathcore and metalcore and and hardcore and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think you can kind of do do what you want to to a certain degree, and. At the end of the day, if like if a song's good, it's good, you know. And I think it's a good thing that genre is not uh, being, you know, tightening the grip that bands can go like and like you mentioned, Sleep Token, like that band's doing some some very like out of the box things that that you know it's like that song, The Summoning, which is their big kind of breakout hit. It's the end of that song that makes it. It's the you know the R and B part at the end where you're like, oh, this is the next level. That's yeah. what makes. That's what makes it work. That's what makes like anyone, if you're in any kind of music and you hear that, you're like, oh yeah, that's the business, you know? Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, and, and the truth is you're only going to innovate uh, is it, if you expand out, right? Like you can't innovate from within. You got to go out of the genre and find other things and other influences that aren't just Pantera and Meshuggah. <laughs> you know uh and slayer like you have to go out and find random weird shit that's what happened with new metal where they brought hip-hop influence you have a band like system of down bringing in their kind of native armenian influence and that's all you know that's that's how you innovate you know we all need to be finding new ways of expressing ourselves and i think bad wolves like we're a little you get in that radio rock world it gets a bit samey you know, you turn on the radio, it's a lot of very similar stuff. And it's it's tough in that genre to express yourself in a way that's not in that language because there's a fear that people just won't get it. So Yeah, yeah. And I I don't know if it was you touched on this before, like another show, you know, kind of there's for lack of a better word, and I'm not saying this specific to, to Bad Wolves, by the way, but but just in terms of like modern heavy music, like a lot of times you'll have like the this the, the you know, very melodic, you know, sing-along chorus, and then, like, the pre-chorus or the other verses are, like, the hardcore part, and it's, like, like you said, how do you how do you break that mold? Because that is, for lack of a better word, is a formula that's kind of worked, I feel like, in a lot of metalcore stuff for a long time, but, but like you said, there's bands that I feel like are expanding beyond that. Like, I saw that you were at um, Bleed From Within, and I remember, shout out to my buddy Mike, who, who showed me that, and he was like, dude, check out this song, and I think it I don't know if it was into nothing, but like that's that's like a banger. That's like one of my favorite from them. The end of that is like not comparing it to God forbid, but like when I listen to some of their stuff, I feel like I was like if this was a band that was around back in the day, that would have been like a sick tour with like Bleed from Within and, and God forbid. But like, but yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's interesting for heavy music right now. How do you kind of you know kind of break that mold? And there's a lot of bands doing the, like the trap trap metal stuff. Dropout Kings is a band that's that's really starting to gain some steam. 
So, yeah, I mean, I guess just on that point, like what what has been like influencing you or do you think expanding kind of on that point that you mentioned, like stuff outside of just, you know, Pantera or Sugar or things like that, like outside of the metal realm that influences you at all? Or when you're recording with Bad Wolves, do you guys just kind of like try not to listen to anything else? Yeah, like, like I said, it's, like it's, been a, it's been an interesting thing because with this record, it's I think only a few times I brought in like, hey, here's the this riff or here's something that I think could work. It was a lot of times just showing up with nothing and just just coming up with stuff out the blue. And I think at a, at a certain point, like you don't want to sit down and go, oh, let's let's make something like this band. You know, I mean, yeah. so, sometimes that works Um, if you're like, oh, I'm kind of in a vibe like like this song, but. I think this cool thing about Bad Wolves is now we have, like, to me, they're, we'll, we'll say something, hey, we want this to sound more like Bad Wolves than we will to sound like some other band, you know? Um, yeah. Because I feel like we have a sound uh, that is cool and as unique. And I think you want to lean into what you do. And by the way, it's not, I did not create the sound, um, but I, I feel like sometimes you have to, I try to be the avatar for the fan in the room. And uh, and go okay. What do what do the fans want out of the band? What do they expect? You know, and it's, and it's not that you have to like, like you've heard of that phrase, audience capture. Yeah, like about where you just kind of serve the audience tells you to do it, and you just kind of like it becomes this kind of infinity loop of giving people what what you think they want. Um, but you can't always do that, right? You got to do what you want. You got to do what makes sense for you. And and that was like something I kind of hit everyone over the head with. I was like, dude, don't worry about radio. Don't worry about the label. Don't worry about Joe Bob. Like, let's do what we want. And I don't care if it's heavy. I don't care if it's light. It's just like, we. I think we were so used to like trying to do that and make someone else happy that you kind of lose who you are within that process. And you got to just, and, and, and that's, and that's something. And it, and it is, it is a process, you know? And, but for me personally, it's like in a weird way, I, I haven't, sat there and thought about like I've written stuff and I've put stuff together but it wasn't about um oh I'm vibing on this it's like to me it's like what's the what is cool for this band and there's just a lot of fucking cool stuff on this record so it's weird because the record's not gonna come out for a long time <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a song out by summer or something but uh I feel weird talking about some music that people aren't gonna really hear for for a while so hopefully they uh they have to go back and listen to this when the album comes out yeah, well, I mean this this will be the this will be the end of April episode episode one hundred as people are listening to this. So we won't maybe we won't be too far away, but um but yeah, no man, I'm I'm stoked to hear it. Um and and before we officially wrap up and thanks again so much for your time, dude. This has been awesome. Um I was like, I'm just gonna shoot my shot. I know he's a busy dude, but it'd be cool to get him for episode one hundred. He's always been good to me over the years. Um but you know, with with the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward, man, like I mean, we've covered a lot of ground and you've been through a lot over the last several years dude um uh last just last couple of years since we talked and and like i said i'm I'm not just blowing smoke because you're you know taking the time to come on the show like i really admire like um from a distance just how you've been even keel how you give your time to people you know i mentioned josh from from royalty cult who just i just saw that he's moving to nashville so that'll be cool um but like i know i'm, I'm not the only person who who's been on the other side of like a conversation with you and your kindness and just level-headedness like through everything that you've been through man like is there anything that you feel like you could pass on to somebody who's struggling out there listening to this whatever it is you know maybe they they experience death in the family like 
like you did. Maybe they've experienced uh, drama in their band or their work life. Like anything that you feel like is sort of universal to somebody who is struggling that you feel like could help them. Um, it's tough, man. I think this is a this is a very tough time to exist, you know, because and the main reason why is because we're a lot of us are experiencing the rest of the world through these screens and through, through through social media and it's um and we can see we can track kind of across the board you know like depression and anxiety up with you know there's a crisis of young men and boys that we're having an issue with there's a crisis of mental health issues with girls and young women um and i guess you know if i was to give some advice that's a that's a tough one because I feel like it, this stuff affects me as well. And half the time, I think if anything, with myself, I almost feel like, why should someone listen to me when I deal with my own shit? You know, um, um, but and maybe and maybe that's it. Is like you know, just be be careful about where you find that uh, you find your the people that you admire. Pick them wisely you know because there's a lot of i think we're, we we have also a crisis of kind of like con men and con women and these, these influencer culture that's a bunch of liars and they're really just selling something um and if anything just get back to people get back to your friends like like put the phone down and uh irl real life you know, it's all about, you know, like, it's all about friends. It's all about relationships, get out, see a show, jam with people. Um, and, you know, and I think that's the most important thing. I know that's not like career advice, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that's something that, you know, I think we can all do a little more of, even myself. That's like advice I give to myself. Like, hey, don't be as connected here. You know, call up family, call up friends, make sure you go get lunch with people. Like, that's like the thing I think we're, we're losing to, to 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 some degree and just uh get off that shit get down with people so i don't hopefully that that's somewhat helpful but it may or maybe it's a little too obvious i'm not sure no man it's definitely helpful you know like you know just going through my own stuff the last couple of years like like i know like i i go into hermit mode you know and in a way it's good because like creatively you can kind of feed feed those things right like i had this podcast and i had stuff like that but it's just like like you said, I very much related to your analogy of being in the storm. You know, when I when I had people around me dying, uh, had a had a you know relationship that that came to an abrupt end. You know, with, with my ex, and you you just kind of you don't know how to handle something until you actually go through it. You know, um, and I know for me, it's like staying it. You can only stay in that cave for so long before you're like, yo, I like you said, you you gotta you gotta realize that there's people out there that care about you and, and stay in touch with and that you care about too. And you're like, oh man, like you said, like I, I fell off with this person. I need to hit him up, I need to see if we can meet up and get out in the real world. Um because yeah, like you social media can can be a trap. Like it's been it's been good for this show. Um I I've connected with a lot of awesome independent artists. Um and obviously like I said, I mean you and you and I have gone back like 10 years when I was a young pup in, 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 in journalism and, and I always appreciated your time, but, um, but yes, there, there's a lot of fake stuff going on out there too. I think it's, I think it's created a misconception of what, what success means, um, and, and, and what people should and shouldn't be chasing. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to get away from the phone, you know? Well, 
here's one piece of, of I'd say professional advice is don't do not get wrapped up in this idea of I'm owed blank, right? I've I've just seen some stuff lately that that bothers me from some established bands. It's a lot of like complaining. Why, why, you know, we deserve this. I deserve this. Listen, this industry has never been fair. In a, in a ten years from now, it's not going to be fair. Then, it's fucking hard, um, and it's really easy to work hard and then also get um, bitter because you're not making the amount of money you want to make or you're not the place you want to be. And I think a lot of that too is that you have a lot of artists blowing up and getting really successful. And so at people who are out there and they're working, they're doing stuff, they, you know, they see the gap between where they're at and someone else is at, and they feel like they are owed that. And it's just not the case. It's hard. It's a, it's a, sometimes having moderate success can be your worst enemy because now you're like stuck in the grind where you're making just enough money to be broke, <laughs> you know? Um, and that sucks. The tough place to be. I get it but you have to be more resilient. No one's coming. Superman's not coming to save the industry. And all of a sudden next week, uh, we're all going to be getting a million dollars from streaming and venues are just going to stop taking merch cuts and any of this stuff. It's, you know, it's always been hard. You know, I think it was a little easier before downloads and streaming and stuff, because you had to, uh, you can still make money from album sales to some degree. And, that stuff was great. And you could have like a, a mid-level band, but you know what you also couldn't do back then? You couldn't just put your shit on Bandcamp. You know, you couldn't just make a video and have it go viral. You know, so there's you know, there's positives and negatives. I mean, do I do I like the old way? For sure. But guess what? Time machines don't exist and we can't go back. So you have to deal with the things the way they are now. And the hardest thing is just getting people to pay attention to you. But it's not going to get easy just by complaining about it. So just appreciate what you have. If music is not making you happy pursuing it, then don't do it. Do something else. Do it for fun. You know, so just stop with the uh, entitlement. So there you go. Appreciate it, man. I think that's sage advice. Well, well, Doc, thanks again, dude. Again, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much for just always being uh, – I know I said thank you a lot, but I mean it, man. I, I was yeah, raised – Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good to catch up with you, man. Uh, for people who aren't aware, and I'll put the links up in the show description, obviously, for everybody listening, but uh, let them know where they can find you, man. Uh, pretty much all my stuff is at Doc Coyle, D-O-C-C-O-Y-L-E. Um, as far as things coming out, you know, Bad Wolves has a couple shows next month in Florida, a couple radio shows, and we're going to Europe to do some festivals. And, uh, but other than that, I don't think we're touring for a while and just keep the, your eyes open for a new song, hopefully by summertime. Um, I'm going to start doing Twitch soon. Going to be a, a, a Twitch streamer. I think maybe as soon as next week, I'm going to start doing that. And that's also at dot coil add me on there and uh yeah more podcasts coming i got one with uh or this is april so i don't even know what guests i'm gonna have in april but uh so so by april i'll be doing twitch already so check me out and uh yeah i actually have a solo my first solo song it's a cover song actually but i did a shot a whole video and that, I'm, that's gonna be coming out around april so check that out sweet man 
Well, dude, thanks again so much. Like I said, I appreciate your time. I'm, I'm going over a little bit here and I don't want to rant too much, but, uh, but yeah, man, um, thank you so much. Keep in touch brother. And, um, Again, man, I just I just admire the way you you've handled everything from a distance, and uh, it's really inspiring for for dudes like me just out here just trying to trying to impact people in a positive way with this show, and not not just be uh, you know somebody trying to catch negative headlines or anything. I really just try to use my platform for for the people who listen in a positive way. So really appreciate the time, dude. Anytime, buddy. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>
on everything. And, and thank you so much for always being cool and taking the time to do this show. I really appreciate it. So that's where I'll leave things, man. Keep your head up. Love yourself. Love each other. Be good to each other. I say it every episode as a tribute to my grandfather. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. So that's what I'm going to leave you all with, man. Episode 100 is in the books. Once again, you can follow me at March 4th Pod on Instagram. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Big thanks to Doc Coyle once again, at Doc Coyle on Instagram, at Bad Wolves Official on Instagram. His link tree is in the podcast description. Please go follow and support everything that he's doing. Check out the upcoming dates that Bad Wolves has coming up if you want to go see some live music. And yeah, man, just keep on living. Keep your head up. And uh, don't quit, man. Don't quit. I love you all. Thank you so much. For the song that I'm going to share on this week's episode, there's a, there's a lot of directions I could have gone, um, but the one I'm going to share with you guys is one that's actually done really well on Spotify, and it also features a guy I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Sterling R. Jackson, who's an amazing musician and vocalist in his own right, off of their EP Visceral, featuring Doc on guitar and Sterling on vocals. This is the song, Promise Me the World, from Vegas Nerve. Peace. This place is not a home This place is just a tomb It's the tomb of the king He took everything We built a temple and he locked us in Light on light.